Welcome into another episode of Behind the Catch Fence. I'm your host, David Hoffman. We have an emergency Indy 500 driver announcement episode, but before I begin, I'd like to give a quick shout out to No Copyright Music on YouTube. They're the ones creating the music that I'm playing. It's obviously no copyright music, so it's free. I'd like to thank you guys for that. With me being a broke college student, I'm grateful for you guys. Go subscribe to them, No Copyright Music. Welcome to a special Indy 500 driver announcement interview. This is definitely a first for me guys. I got the email the day before Andretti Autosport was gonna announce their sixth Indy 500 entry for this year. And I was told that I wouldn't know who the driver was until the day of the interview. For me, I'm all about preparing. So I had to do a lot of guessing on who it could be and do my research on a handful of drivers. Well, I found out who that driver was about an hour before the interview. And it is none other than Stefan Wilson. Wilson will be competing in his third Indy 500 this month with backing from Lola Sport. The former Indy Lights winner has been grinding it out on all fronts to land a seat in the sport and finally the stars aligned again. In honor of his brother Justin who passed away in a crash back in 2015, Wilson will carry the number 25 on board for Andretti Autosport. Now Wilson narrowly won the greatest spectacle in racing back in 2018 but now he's back for another shot. So enough with the chit chat, let's get right into it. Sit back, relax, grab your favorite snack, could be some little pizza rolls, Totino, something like that, and enjoy this episode with Stefan Wilson. Hey David, hey it's Stefan Wilson, how you doing? Hey Stefan, how you doing man? I'm doing well. Good stuff. So first off, congratulations on the Indy 500 ride. I'm sure that has to get you all ecstatic. <laughs> yeah, no, I would say I've known a little bit, uh, known for a little while here that it's been, it's happening, and uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind the last uh, four, four weeks. You know, getting everything in preparation and uh, making sure that we're ready for the the month ahead. So first off, what all goes into just putting a ride together for the Indy 500? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you have to have a team that has a desire to, to work with you. And, and with Andretti, you know, in 2018, um, uh, I did a good enough job to uh, for them to, to uh, you know, want to work with me again. Um, you know, that, that's kind of like the first building block is is having that reputation and that, that team relationship uh, in order to put something together. And then beyond that, um it takes a lot of work i mean it's almost like a you know it is it is a full-time job to to work and networking um build partnerships and make sure that you're delivering you know something of value to the partners that are, are getting involved and in, in supporting a program so that that's um that's kind of the the two things that, that go together there uh that make it possible and just uh you know it's a lot a lot of hard work and obviously in 2018 was the last time I ran Indy and obviously missed it in 2019 and 2020. Um, and that's not for lack of trying, you know, that was, uh, I still, still work all year round on those two years, trying to put something together and it didn't work out, you know? So, uh, you know, fortunately this is, uh, you know, obviously very excited to be back and to be, to have that belief of having a program and now just, uh, really, really keen to get on, get on the track and, and, uh, and work with the team and uh, and in this in this opportunity. And you mentioned the past two years you haven't been able to run it. Uh, just how do you stay motivated during, especially like those type of times of just uncertainty when things just aren't lining up? Yeah, I mean a lot of determination um, and a lot of grit. You know, I think uh, I sort of never gave up on those two years and 
was chasing deals all the way down to the final final uh, seat, you know. And um, I think I was in the frame both years. Uh, in 2019, uh, we we had sort of a verbal commitment, but uh, fortunately some partners uh, pulled out, and uh, that left me high and dry. And then in 2020, we were chasing the final seat with uh, with coin. Uh, it didn't work out. Um, so, you know, it's not like we were way out of <laughs> way out of the, the uh, conversations. We were we were close on those, but it uh, it just didn't work out. And but at the end of the day, now uh, that's all kind of behind me. I'm just so relieved to be, uh, you know, coming coming back here and coming back here with a really strong team with a team uh, with a team I know as well. You know, the team that I'm going to be working with uh, on the 25. Uh, is is a crew that I've worked with in 2018. So I've got good relationship there with the engineers and just can't wait to uh, hit the ground running with them. And I've just uh, wondered, I know, I've always wondered, uh, a guy with your type of talent, um, what would it take for you to get a full-time ride? I know, obviously, this is amazing in itself, but would that be even like a lot of extra work or what's the premises look like for that with, you know, between one off-ride and then a full-time ride? Yeah, I mean, it's something that I'm definitely interested in and, and working working on. But, um, you know, right now the focus is just envy. You know, I, I, like I said, in 2018, I did a good enough job that, you know, uh, I was able to continue or, or come back to Andretti and get the invite back. But, you know, really I've got to keep building that relationship and keep building my my resume to, to deserve to, to do more races in the series, you know? So that starts with, you know, having a really successful and, and competitive month of May and, and uh, you know, the partners that were involved, you know, with uh, Don Cusick and Cusick Motorsports, I think there's definitely a desire there all around to, to do more races in the series and potentially a full season. But I think right now our focus is just on making sure that the month of May goes really smoothly and, and is competitive. And going back to 2018 and in the Indy 500, you were three laps away from winning that race. If it wasn't for running low on fuel, uh, what went through your mind during that moment of getting the lead? And did you know that you were you had to pit regardless? Or yeah, yeah, I know it was kind of already discussed under the yellow that we were short and we weren't going to make it to the end unless the yellow came out. So at that point, there, I mean, it was really about putting ourselves in the best position possible and. That was taking the lead on the restart, and we're able to achieve that. And you know, all day the car felt really strong, and the race trim we were really, really competitive. It just, unfortunately, that year in 2018 you couldn't pass very well, very easily. So it really relied on the car in front making a mistake um, to be able to capitalize and make a pass. So you know, we we moved up from our starting position and we're running in the 16th, 17th range, um, and just really struggled to make progress through the field. I was obviously very, I was obviously cautious on the restarts. I mean, I didn't have the experience that, um, that some of the other drivers did to really uh, push the boat on the, on the restarts and, and kind of, you know, be a bit more aggressive. Um, kind of my, my concern was making sure that we finished and did every lap because I think that was important for me to get that experience of completing the Indy 500 that year. So you know that that was something I've learned for for this year is to maybe I can I can be a little more aggressive on the restarts. But um, outside of that, you know, um, all day the card felt really strong in, in race trim. And uh, you know, once we got to the front, 
I mean, it was amazing. It was like the seas had parted, <laughs> you know, we were, and we started pulling away from, uh, from the group behind and just wish we had the fuel there to fight with Will and, and, you know, uh, and, and really see, see who, uh, who would have, uh, yeah, if we'd had the fuel to go to the end, I think we would have been able to hold on. And what would you say is probably the, just the most difficult aspect of trying to figure out a place like Indianapolis? Um, I think it's just, you know, you have to work on the setup and you have to know what you want from it. And at the same time, you're pushing the cars to the limit at over 220 miles an hour. So, you know, the consequences of getting it wrong are really high and um, you have to, you know, mentally be prepared to deal with that. And, you know, uh, you're trying to just build the month uh, all the way through, you know, even practice days, they have to run smoothly and it has to go together, not, not uh, you know, get too far out of the setup window and, and spook yourself, you know. So I think the idea is that you go through the month and you just always want to be progressing. You never want to take too big of a, of a, a bite and, and, and try and move too fast you know you have to have a good foundation and build upon that as the month goes along and try and set it up to to be um so you're always improving essentially and just looking back at your first time being at the speedway uh, what stuck out to you as a big standalone point that made you feel just you know that indianapolis is such a special place well yeah in 2016 the first time i, I raced that raced the event was uh the 100 running and sold out crowd and it was incredible. I mean, I've been obviously coming to the speedway since 2009 when I was watching Justin race there as a spectator, I've raced in the freedom 100 and been there. I've even spotted, I've been a spotter there, spotted for Justin in 2015 at the last minute he needed a spotter. So it's, um, it, you know, it, it's definitely a special place and as you know, place as a, as a race car driver, um, it definitely represents like the Mount Everest of races. You, it's one that you want to achieve, and it's something that can can really make you feel like you've accomplished something in your life. You know, so that's what all the drivers are chasing, and, and that's definitely what what, uh, what keeps me hungry. And you mentioned Justin. Uh, what was what were some of like the biggest things that you learned both on and off the track from him? Um, I think. His, from him, his the biggest thing I've I've learned from him is to to not worry about things that aren't in your control. And you know, I think if you can do that, then you can keep very uh, mentally strong and, and keep emotion in check. You know, and I think that is really important at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And uh, back in 2017, you gave up your seat in the 500 to let uh, Fernando Alonso compete. Um, in that race, how difficult was that for you? Just doing something like that in an ultra competitive sport like IndyCar. Yeah, it was um, you know, definitely tough, but at the same time, um, I had to think big picture. And at that moment, um, it was obviously important for the series, important for the race, and you know it was important for the team enjoy the ultra sport. And I think that's important as well as you know trying to you know create relationships and build relationships and build bridges and think that is what's helped make it possible to be racing for them in 2018 and and racing now is you know creating a really strong relationship there so um you know uh while it was uh i could have been very selfish in that moment and uh you know uh 
not uh, you know not put the bigger picture um, not thought about the bigger picture uh, it wouldn't have ended up uh, being serving me the best you know I think it was important at that point to, to think big picture and the only thing I really was uh, concerned with is I wanted to make sure that um, you know I was I was given up in any 500 in 2017 but it was you know, uh, going to be repaid in 2018 and, and get back here. And, you know, I'm just can't thank Andretti all the support enough and Michael Andretti for, for making that possible and, and, uh, and giving me that opportunity in 2018. And this final question, uh, what are some challenges that you think you'll have to push through in the month of May just to get back into a race rhythm? Um, I think, you know, just getting through RP is the, the first objective and getting through that as quickly as possible. And, getting on to the rest of the test schedule, you know, I've said this before, but the, you know, the, the six Vendredi car, you know, you know, just uh, joining the group and, and riding the coattails of the experienced drivers that are already there. You've got to make it, uh, you've got to be um, a constructive part of that team and you've got to pull your weight. So I think once we get through ROP, get that ticked off, we can then focus on the, the rest of the, the schedule and, and what we need to do from the number 25 team uh, perspective to get comfortable with the setup, maybe make some changes that are more uh, suited to my driving and then, um, you know, take some things off the box that uh, the rest of the team want us to try. That's all the questions I have, Stefan. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day and uh, congratulations once again for, uh, you know, getting the ride for Indy and uh, I wish you nothing but the best this month of May. Thanks so much, David. I really appreciate your time as well. Thank you. You have a good day, man. See you around. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Behind the Catch Fence with special guest Stefan Wilson. It's hard to find someone as down-to-earth in any profession like Stefan, and it was just a joy hearing a little bit of his story, an endless drive, in a pursuit of a full-time ride. Stefan will be a threat come May, I'll tell you that, and he very well could be a sleeper by the end of it. I wish Stefan nothing but the best this month of May. I'd like to thank Lindsay Ritchie for making this all possible, and I'd also like to thank Stefan once again for coming on to the podcast. We are just about out of time for today's episode, so look out for more interviews and content over the next couple weeks. Before I go, make sure to follow this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Behind Catch. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you guys later.